Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. There's a lot going on in the world right now, and The Skim is here to help you cut through the noise. Meet Skim This, a weekly podcast that makes it easier to understand how the news impacts you. We break down the most complicated stories of the week and add context and clarity to answer the questions that are on your mind. Subscribe and listen every Friday morning wherever you get your podcasts. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 83120. Write all your own I material. I love old jokes. Let me tell you something. I don't think an old <laughs> joke should die just because the motherfucker that wrote it did. <laughs> he, can't, he can't use it no more. Red Fox. Red Fox is one of the greatest comedians in the world. Absolutely. He did 75 comedy albums. Nigga, Red is dead. He can't use them jokes no more. We supposed to throw away 75 albums of great comedy? Right. Fuck no. I tell them to you. You tell them at work, right. you're a hero, right and on. you pay no royalty. So, no, my show is always peppered with jokes. I'm a diverse individual. All of this shit is real. Everybody's like, ah, what is it? Is he a family man? Is he a trapper? Is he a ladies man? Well, I'm all of it. All of it. I beat your ass, kiss your girl, and go tuck my kids in. And then I show up <laughs> and lead a march on the weekend. <laughs> it's all real. Real, real. This is Expeditiously. I am Tilt T.I.H. Uh-huh. Now, the following experience is not a test. The conversations and stories expressed on this podcast are meant to be an expression of purpose and truth. This show, properly entitled Expeditiously, is a free exchange of ideas and opinions. No judgment, no preconceived beliefs, no fear. You're encouraged to share your thoughts and ask any question as long as it's done with respect. And that's through true love and respect for others that we will change the world and speak truth to power one show at a time. Now, without further ado, this is Expeditiously. I'm Tip T.I. Harris. Yeah, what's happening, man? This is Tip T.I. Harris. I am your host here for the show Expeditiously, where we have conversations with interested people that we could get used to push the culture forward. Now, my guest for the day is an actor, a comedian, an entertainer, an author, uh, and most importantly, he's one of the funniest comedians that I've had an opportunity to see. Thank you. In person and on television. Now, I first met or uh, uh, learned of him from Deaf Comedy Jam right. way, way back 114 years ago. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is a, he, he definitely an OG in the game and just an incredibly talented who, individual who has uh, been in some of the biggest films of our culture. I let him name them, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I would, like, I would like to waste no more time time and welcoming to expeditiously the legendary Michael Collier. Thank you, brother. What's Thank happening? you for having me here, man. First, I'm honored to just sit at the table with you. I'm a fan of yours. And right on. Beyond the I appreciate music, it. I'm a fan of your brain, brother, you know, and how you, <laughs> yeah, how you think, how you care about the community, man, you know. I was at the uh, McCormick place with you once. Yes. And we were all sitting on a panel. That's the first time I saw your brain in action. I was like, <laughs> whoa, you got something going on there. I like that. And I was watching I uh, Big Boy talk to you uh, a couple of days ago, too. I, I, I like 
that you stand in your integrity. You know, you, you know to. what you believe in and, and you speak it, you know. So I was very honored and I am honored to be here today. Bro. Man, I appreciate it. We're honored to have you in, uh, yes, in, in your comedy and in speaking in conversation with you because, you know, we've been uh, kind of personally acquainted for a number of years right, now right. where we'll call each other every, every now and again just right. to check in, see what's happening. Uh, and you you are unapologetically honest about what got you here to this point today. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? In comedy, you'll tell, you know, your humble beginnings uh, as an addict. Yes, sir. And you've been nine years sober. That's right. Now you said, right. I'll put this 1942. That's right. That's okay. You Go on, have your, you can find one up. It don't affect yeah. me. <laughs> I still hang out with people who have a party. It don't have nothing to do hey, with me. Man, in researching you, though, man, just as, you know what I'm saying, professionally, I've seen that they have you listed as a comedian focused on conscious comedy. Yes, sir. Observational comedy. Yes, sir. Black humor and self-deprecation. I don't, deprecation. Do, I don't do a whole lot of self-deprecation. What's self-deprecation? That's when you talk about yourself. When you, <laughs> when you talk down about yourself, you know. Well, no, like no, if, no, well, the, that's the, what least, deprecation is. Yeah, I know, but the, but what I'm saying is the 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 bit that I saw you do on on uh, Def Comedy Jam, uh-huh. we're talking about, you know, I'm saying how you smoke and, and, and right, right, what right, you did, right. You know, what I'm saying so that could be a form could of that, self-deprecation. That could come under the air very loosely, right? But that will fall under over air. time, though. I've seen you evolve right into kind of you don't even curse no more do you well i do i do you do oh i love cursing uh, <laughs> no cursing, cursing is my shit you know i just, <laughs> had to throw one in there no just i show just people you see i about just it. did a new book and and it starts out with me cursing but it's my but it's for motivation i do motivational speaking right so my new book is michael goes motivational so i'm doing motivational speaking from a comedic point of view right on so my, my folks who work with me are afraid the book is not going to really sell in that community because I start out cussing. Right. You know, and I introduce myself as Michael motherfucking Kaya. That's, That's who right. I am. You know? <laughs> and and, and they're like, well, do you want to leave the cursing in? Yes, I want to leave the reality of who You're I fucking am right. in. You're right. fucking right. That's I who am. I am. You know? And uh, so it's, it's so much. It's, I you know. I'm just a, a brother from the hood, from the projects, you right know, on. and I'm from Chicago, Southside, Robert Taylor Home, 4352 <laughs> South State Apartment, 909, and it don't matter how many homes or places I live in, I always keep the community in my spirit, in right. my heart. Like, I don't go into any city and perform, and I'm somewhere every week right. without going into the hood. Mm. When I go, first of all, I got to do is go to Martin Luther King. That's it. Because that's you always it. in the hood. You it usually ain't it. more than three, four blocks long. But if you find that, <laughs> you know you're going to find some soul food and some brothers, that's you know. Real. So I always go some to culture. the hood. Some culture. Yeah. You know, because I can always get that other thing. But that's right. But to remember where we come from, to bring people with us is kind of important. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm real excited about this. You know, this is my third book, incidentally. Right. My first book I did on my president. Okay, Funny thing no. happened on the way to the White House. I knocked on the door and a brother answered, you know. <laughs> and, and it's a children's book, right? It's anybody who can read book, you know. <laughs> uh, they call it a children's book because it got cartoons in it uh, and there's no profanity. So I let right. it slide as a children's book. But anyone who just sort of want to follow uh, what happened with Barack, they can see it because it's important. So right. when I sell these, I sell them like three at a time because mm-hmm. I say you need one for yourself because it's going to be a collector's item. Right. You know, you need one for your children because if black kids are going to learn about black history, they get to learn it at the house. That's they don't teach that in our schools, you know. And then you third, you want one for your mama. Because right. black mothers know how important Barack Obama is, mm-hmm. as well as was, and you get her one of them, she'll fuck around and make you a sweet potato pie. 
<laughs> oh yeah, you know. So now, so yeah. I, I've been told by grandmothers that my sweet potato pie was better than. Oh, this. you can cook. Yeah, well, I, 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 I'm a one-trick pony now. As a oh, baker. I only do sweet potato pie. See, me, me, it's just collard greens. I don't do pound cake. I don't do pecan pie. I just do sweet potato pie, but it is phenomenal. But well, I'd love to hold you to that one day. Let me show you this real quick. Show it to when me. you flip through it, it's just real simple. It showed him when he got in office, everybody loved him, black, white, young, old. But then once he got in office, mm-hmm. they tried to tear the White House in half mm. before they let that nigga succeed. But look at Barack <laughs> Obama on both sides of the White House pushing it right back together. That's right. The collard greens, Michelle grew the White House garden. Okay. You know, so it goes through and show all the ugly things. And this is two years before he got in office. That's show right. all the ugly things that people said about him, but mm-hmm. how he still handled everything with dignity and extreme and grace. You know, and then he messed around and got a two uh, two terms. And I tell you, his greatest accomplishment is living. That they didn't kill it <laughs> in them in them eight years. Uh, and he ain't perfect, you know. But no president is, None no person is, you know. But everybody else had a shot at it. We should have a shot at it. So every place I go, I make sure I talk about Barack and I lift him up. And sometimes that's right. it's, it's always some white folks come to my show, you know, a handful oh. of them. They always want to see what the black people are doing, you know, because everybody want to be black <laughs> except black people. Hey, man, everybody loves soul. Yes, you know exactly. Everybody wants the soul and they, and they die. And you sometimes know they come to me and they address me. Well, you know, you just love him because he's black. Yeah. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, white folks have 43. That's where it starts. Yeah. You know Ultimately, that's where it starts because, you know, if I show you a picture of your graduating class. Right. What's the first thing you're going to do? Uh, I'm going to look for me and you going to look for you. Yeah. So in anything we see, we looking for ourselves. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's human nature. Yeah. So, so there's a certain level of support that comes with the fact that you see yourself. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Just don't be dishonest about it. You know, see? like that's everybody is going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you pass somebody a picture of of a graduating class with a bunch of people in that picture, the first thing you're going right. to do is go straight to finding you. Yeah, exactly. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. So I don't think that's I don't think that's problematic. Well, you know, I don't want to just find me. I want to amplify me. That's right. You know, all aspects of me, because Barack is an aspect of me. That's real. All black people who are doing anything that's positive, I lift that up, mm-hmm. and I do it. In a room full of white people. I, right. I stand in a room full of white people and tell black people my favorite people yeah. in the whole white world. And sometimes they'll come up to you, you know, yeah, you just like him because he's black. Well, yes, I love him because he's black. Because white folks had 43 day on president. They came on their shoulder like Jesus Christ. But get what? We have one. And, and and being proud of it makes me racist. Well, listen, wait a minute, wait a minute, because mm-hmm. they say that you only like him because he's black. Well, listen, you only dislike him because he's black. Yeah, a lot a lot of folks do, and like, that's that's the only they have no other re- that's no the only other reason. real reason because he black. So if you don't yeah. need to explain or justify the fact that you only dislike him because he black, mm-hmm. why do I have to explain that the beginning exactly. of why I like him is because he black? Exactly. I mean, I mean, to me that's something that others have to get over. That ain't our battle to fight, right? You right. Know what I'm saying that's some that's projection. That's something that they got to deal with within their own that's psyche. Right. Have any of y'all gone online to expeditiously.com and ordered your Expeditiously merch yet? I mean, it's available right now. I'm urging you to do so. But on another note, as an entrepreneur, I can tell you that it's important that my products gets to my customers as quickly as possible. Now, if that's important to you, 
for your business, you can enjoy a hassle-free shipping experience when you use Stamps.com. It's one of the most popular time-saving tools for small businesses like ours. Stamps.com gives you all the amazing services of the U.S. Post Office right to your computer. So whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts and stuff like us, or even big businesses sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it all. You dig what I'm saying? Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just hand it to your mail carrier, drop it in the mailbox like you would anything else. It's just that simple. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. It's no wonder that over 700,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com. Right now, Expeditiously listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in TI. That's stamps.com enter TI. But see, my comedy is an uplifting business though. You know, that's what I try to do. I'm always uplifting black people because I think Loving yourself out loud is not racism. I think That's it's right. race pride. That's right. You know, so I'm always up in us, you know, and talking about what we're doing and how to get us to the next level. Sure. You know, so that's why my first book was just fabulous. But the second one, now this one, uh-huh. Miss Innocent Goes to Cool School and Miss other Innocent silly stuff. Miss Innocent Goes to Cool School. And this is a poetry book for adult children. Okay. People for like adult you. Children. People I like you, you. Robin okay. Williams. Yeah. People who love this life and right. know that if you keep God first, you can do anything. That's real. You know, but this one, a lot of people be confused because they see the cartoons. Oh, I'm gonna get that for my grandbaby. You know, whoa! You don't want this one for the grandbaby. There's some language in this one. You know, right. so the first page says this book contains cussing and shit. It just tell you right up front, so you don't go run out and get that for the grandbaby. That's but right. that one covers a lot of things in my life. Like there's a page in there about my addiction called uh-huh. a piece of crack on your crack attack. And when you get to that one, I am inside a cocaine vial. Okay. So on the top of it, it says R.I.P. for rest in peace. Because when you getting hot. Technically, your ass is dead. Technically, you'll put your life on hold. That's a simple one called fly. You know how you tear your house up, trying to kill one fly, and the motherfucker still get away? <laughs> he took the house up, trying to kill that one fly. The fly way over there somewhere. Um, that's my favorite one. That one's called Daddy by Phone, because mm-hmm. I have a daughter that I had out of wedlock. So her mother didn't let me see a whole lot of her until she was seven, and she wanted to see her daddy. Right. You know, and then once I got to see her, uh, she was resistant, uh, you know, because she felt like I didn't want her. It wasn't I didn't want her. I just... Couldn't have a mama at the time. Right. And so, uh, well, so you know, I, that could be always translated to the child. You got somebody who's, you know, programming the mind of a child. But you to know, believe. her mother didn't. Her mother didn't do that. That's a good thing. I give her mama credit. She well, that's did. great. She never did that, but she was feeling that. But I would force her to be with me because I was going to make her know that I'm her daddy. I mean, I would go and take her places. I was like, we going to the Black Museum. She's like, Daddy, I'm not feeling okay. You're not going to feel good at the Black Museum because we're going. <laughs> we're going to picnics. We're going to, we're going to libraries. And I was teaching her culture because I was determined to be her daddy, mm-hmm. even if I was going to be her daddy by phone. So now she's 25, right. sings like an angel. Matter of fact, I'm sending her to Atlanta this week to, uh, to start her first album. And she's going to do up. seven tracks with this guy named Carl Solo. You know this, this producer, Carl Solo? Maybe by face, not as yeah, much by so name. She, so, but now she loves her daddy. We've we've come up together, and she's just so flat. But that's like one of my favorite poems. I got to show you. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, piece of crack on your crack attack. 
Okay. So if you look at that, so the RIP is I'm in a casket. That's why it has RIP on the top because, you know, your life's on hold. No, it's a cocaine vial. Yeah. But with the RIP on it, rest in peace, it makes it a casket because technically you did when mm. you get high. If you look on my shoulders, that's a crack pipe. That was a weight I carried on my leg was a right. crack rock. That's my ball and chain. And my mother loved Barack Obama. Yeah. So I have one there called My Mama Likes Obama. But that's the second <laughs> book. Those are two I'm already selling. Right and they moving. The new one, yeah. Michael Goes Motivational. Okay, that's the now. shit. Okay. Michael Goes Motivational is, is... This is a picture of a cover. Yep, a, it's a picture of a cover. And you we, say you just finished that today. I finished this afternoon. Okay. But I'll up. have it in two days. That's I'm going through 48-hour book publishing. Yep, self-publishing through Vegas. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting on a black cruise mm-hmm. tonight. Uh, a black cruise? Oh, yeah. Capital Jazz Super Cruise, brother. Okay, now. Oh, it's off the chain. Well, what you got going oh, on Oh, it's now? crazy. Oh, man. Some of the coldest. Let me see that. Some of the coldest musical artists on the planet. We do this every year. This is my seventh year with them. Mm-hmm. And I bring the comedians. And they bring the top comedians and uh, uh, top musical artists. And we have 4,000 black people. We out there for eight days mm. uh, on the cruise. Uh, and we have 3,000 people on the waiting list. Uh, you, I mean, I know Tom Joyner got a nice one, a nice cruise, but this here, this yeah. is that on steroids, brother. Uh, and so we leave tonight for the Caribbean. Well, I mean, I think that all of these things are like these are the uh, astronomical accomplishments, but nothing uh, as as impressive as being able to shake away from the life of the addiction. I mean, not just addiction, man. It's the lifestyle that comes with addiction. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. that so many brothers and sisters are fighting with tearing themselves away from that lifestyle who have enormous amounts of talent, enormous amounts of ability, but just, you know what I'm saying, can't necessarily turn away from the lifestyle that comes with addiction. Brother, it's difficult, man. You know, because like any addiction, it is a, a disease of the mind, mm-hmm. um, and it is an addiction of the spirit. Right. So, you know, for most people, it's uh, psychological, mm-hmm. but some of it is physiological, too, because my brother, who's a heroin addict, mm-hmm. he is his physiological. Physical We almost lost him about four days ago. He had an overdose mm. because he got bad fentanyl in his heroin. Mm. You know, this is a conversation right. that I'm having. Sure. How do I have that conversation? And he already ready to go back to the same spots we hang out. Yeah. So as an addict, we know we have to stay away from the people, places, and things That's right. that have that drug that we just love. Like, I miss crack. I remember the first year. <laughs> no, first year. Well, you I, miss, so you miss crack. Yeah, yeah, I miss crack. Every now and then, you'll still have an urge for it because, right. I, I mean, that first year, I missed it like the bad girlfriend. You don't want to fuck real good, but the bitch crazy. That's right. So you want to get the fuck out soon as y'all get, get out of here. Don't, be, don't, don't call me no more, bitch. Uh, like that's the dick how, only thing calm them down. Oh, yeah. No, it's, um, it's, you know, it's such an amazing uh, psychological place that it takes you. Mm-hmm. But you have to train yourself that there are greater things. Absolutely. Like for me, the gifts of sobriety way outweigh the gifts of getting high. You know, I lost more friends, more opportunities mm. uh, that I, than I could name because I thought they're getting high. And when you high, you don't think people know. You right. don't think nobody know you high but you. Right. So you show up at auditions sweating like R. Kelly in the playground. <laughs> don't get mad. I know I know you artists but are friends. Man, I'm the exact opposite. Every time I'm high, I just I assume everybody can see it. Oh, oh, really? See what I'm saying? So yeah, I but you I ain't. Like it's high. a whole different one. You ain't hit that motherfucker rock. We hit that rock. 
<laughs> that rock a different story now. I ain't never even did cocaine before. Wow, good for I've you. I've never, I've good, never done God cocaine. Bless you. <laughs> right. Good for you, man. But look, no, this is. But I sold, I sold enough to you know. What right, I'm saying? right. But listen. They say that like crack is, you know, uh, a more affordable mm-hmm. uh, version of cocaine. But to be honest with you, aside from baking soda water and, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. the process, the high is, you know, how does the high so much more addictive than it is for cocaine? And when you started to get money and become famous, mm-hmm. did you not feel the transition? Well, you know, that's when I started getting high. Oh, you got, when you started, when, I got when the, the money, money came. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Robin Williams said it best, man. Cocaine is God's way of saying you're making too much goddamn money. <laughs> so, so I mean, I didn't have the money before that. I was smoking weed, you yeah, know. That's right. And then I started getting paper, and somebody came. I had that first rock, you know, that first high. Uh huh. It's like a euphoric blast. Mm. That you end up chasing the rest of your life. That's what they say. The first high is never as good as the first time. Oh, yeah. that, like that's what that, that's what they say. Uh, Sade meant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's you like the first saying? time. Never good That's the right. first time because after that first time, you continue to try to get as high as you were when you were introduced to it, but you never will. Exactly. I, you know, I'm doing a one-man play. It's going to do 100 cities. It's called Michael Kai's Mama. Amazing. If you like your mama, you're going to love to play. And what's... What's really awesome about this play, we've mm-hmm. already done eight cities. I only got 92 left. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was amazing about it. Hurry is, up before it ran right out of town. Now. Oh, yeah. No, we're going everywhere with this play. And you know, 100 it cities, me, that's a lot. Oh, it is a lot. And my, my producer tells me no one's ever done 100 cities. Mm. But this story is fabulous. You know, so I come from projects to making money, mm-hmm. you know, and to, to finding that rock. Right. You know, and with that rock, you know, I mean, I, I also had one night I broke into my own damn house. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, now, I walk around motherfucking TV before I realize <laughs> it's my place, you know, and so and and so in in the play I get to act it out, yeah. you know. So I act out the addiction and the recovery, and you know, sneaking in three thirty in the morning, trying not to wake the misses up, you know. Right. So your wife didn't know you were smoking. Oh, absolutely, she knew. She knew. Okay. Absolutely, she she absolutely knew, and, and it was weird because I am transforming as I do the play. Okay. I am unfolding into my greater self. Every time I do this play, I learn something else right. about my family and my life. So. When I first started doing the play, I used to talk about the fact that I would sneak in, and once I was glad she she was settled in bed and mm-hmm. settled with the fact that I was home, right. then I go into the bathroom. I sit on the floor for two hours with that broken piece of glass and that extra rock I brought for my backup. <laughs> and so I sit in there butt naked for two hours, what? getting hot, and she would never knock on that door and say, get out of there, and don't be in here smoking. And, you know, I don't know if she was asleep or if she was pretending to be asleep, but I sort of held it against her that she didn't knock on that door and say, motherfucker, don't be doing that here and, you know, get yourself together. And and so I would say that on stage. Right. And then in the middle of the performance, I stopped myself and I said, wait a minute. I should have never put her in that position. That's real. She shouldn't have to have sit there or laid there pretending to be asleep if she was pretending. Because right. I don't know if she was. I don't say she was. Right. You know, and I, I don't want to be throwing her under did my you, fucking did bus. Did you ever have any discussions about your addiction? Like, did she ever, she never approached you and said, you know, we need to make some changes? Or? Well, I mean, of course, she would always say you need to stop. I mean, she right. was trying to tell me to stop, but I wasn't trying to hear it. You know right. what I'm saying? So I can't blame her at all. And it wasn't. Her place to stop me. That's real. It wasn't her job to do that, and I shouldn't have put her in that position. That's real. But the realization of it didn't hit me until I was in the middle of the performance. Mm. And I was on the floor in the stage, on the stage, taking my my blast and talking about it when Mm. I went, shit, 
I'm sitting here waiting for her to save me. Right. But it wasn't her place to save me. That's real. Wasn't nobody going to save me. If I was going to be saved, I had to save my damn self. Absolutely. And that realization didn't really hit me till I was in the middle of this play. Right. You know, so I'm learning all the time. And it's healing people nationally. Like when I did it in Chicago at the Dusaba Museum of African American History, the politicians there gave me $5,000 to buy tickets for other addicts mm. so they could come to the play and be inspired. That's dope. Because the story is, I did all that shit, but... We, a lot of times we think that success is linear path. It never is. Hey, say, check it, man. Here's a little tip for you. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business, okay? That's what NetSuite by Oracle has set out to solve. Because most companies don't have a clear picture of their finances, and that's why many businesses fail. The question for any business owner out there is, are you confident that you've got the right numbers at your fingertips? NetSuite offers a full picture of all your finances, all in one place, all in real time, right from your phone to your desktop. No more guessing, estimating, or worrying that what you don't know could kill your company, all right? Schedule your free product tour right now and receive your free guide, Six Ways to Run a More Profitable Business, at netsuite.com slash TIP. You heard right, netsuite.com slash TIP. I'm going to tell you something, man. You this know? is just from my experience, man. When I think back to my humble beginnings as a drug dealer. Uh, and <laughs> the network of people that I've met, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Up until today, the drug addicts have definitely outlived the drug dealer. They, they always outlive. <laughs> the, the addicts always outlive the, drug, the dealer. The drug addicts oh, yeah. always outlive the That's drug dealer. That's clear. Dealers. That's clear. You know what I'm saying? It's people who still smoke it to this day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, bro, you still alive? No, I go to Venice Beach. You better not stop. No, that might be what's I, keeping I you I go to around. Venice and see brothers who was out there when I was doing comedy it was getting hot. Right. And they still tweaking and walking fast right now. Right. And I'm like, they have so much shit in them, uh, nothing can kill them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, like, they're like supermen, man. <laughs> and I, I thank God for that because God turned it all around for me. So I thank God that I'm not there because I could have been there. That's Anybody real. could be there. That's how I feel you know? about, you know, the life. my life as a drug deal. I thank God that, that I was blessed to be able to do what I love for a living you know what i'm saying um but listen about your career because it's been a very very legendary one you have played some of the most memorable characters (laughs) you know what i'm saying which one was the most fun because i remember house party well of course that's the most fun showboat was the most fun because they let me go you know they just let me go you know so that was really cool um the the greatest thing really is the play i'm doing now Mm -hmm. because i'm really discovering myself well the one man show you know what i'm saying yeah one man show is man can't nobody fuck that up but you exactly (laughs) and and i'm doing 55 minutes with a 15 minute intermission then 45 minutes and I'm playing 17 characters so I'm all over the place with that and I'm getting to discover all kind of things but house party was just crazy fun it was so much fun and they they just they gave me an outline and then they let me mm-hmm. create who showboat no was, script no know? just you know what I'm yeah, saying? I mean just they let had you a go. script but it was a very loose script you yeah. know and what I'm trying to do now is put together my own mm. you know so we shot some some specs on it but I'm trying to do showboats house party so 25 okay. years later we have a eight story mansion in, eight story oh it's off the chain brother <laughs> it's crazy it's eight stories on the sixth level is 
a uh, a nightclub in this dude's house, brother. Okay. So we we shooting showboat at his eight story. What was mansion. showboat doing? Showboat was a pimp, wasn't he? Well, no, he's a music promoter, he man. Was a mu- oh, a okay. People okay, keep okay. thinking he is a pimp. I thought he was a so pimp. So kids gonna come back and do it. I with thought me. the music. I thought the music uh, uh, executive thing was just like you know yeah, to wash yeah, the money from pimping. Yeah, that's what y'all supposed to do. <laughs> y'all supposed to think, you know. But yeah, yeah, you know he was doing his little thing, man. man. I, you know he's getting it. Showboat getting a lot of bread, man. And Showboat is still alive every day. Every day mm. people come up to me and quote lines. That I don't remember. Right. You know, because this was 20 years ago, some shit, 25. People come up and quote them like they heard it yesterday because they did hear it yesterday. They show this shit That's real. every day That's somewhere. Real. So that was cool. You know, playing Gina's boss on Martin. That was, was a lot also of fun. dope when she had the, yeah. the fucking the headboard, the headboard on the head. head. But because Martin's such a class actor, man. Working with that dude is so, so classy, you right. know? So that was cool. You know, I I, I liked working, working with Murphy, Eddie Murphy, and. Um, and, um, um, the thing where he played the big fat woman, Doolittle, Doctor Doolittle, Professor Clump, uh-uh, Nutty we'll, Professor Norbit. Thank you. He know my my shit. But you the, said the fat Norbit. Yeah. Well, okay. Respucia. Respucia. Yeah. Okay, oh my God. Okay, people, okay. people love that. But I I think really my best role was the animation. You know, I did the Princess and the Frog, mm. and that was so cool to go. To Disney Studios, which mm-hmm. is underground, which I didn't even know they had underground right. in L.A. in a city that's got motherfucking earthquakes. I don't know why you have some shit underground, but anyway, <laughs> they take you underground and then they open it up. And when they open it up, there's all the original artwork from all the Disney classics on the wall. Right. And then after you sign up, after you sign the contract, then they come <laughs> and they hand you the picture of you oh. animated. That's some flat shit, you know. <laughs> and just to be able to get in there and create that character from that. Right. It's so cool, you know. I mean, I'm most grateful, uh, really, for just God giving me an opportunity to still be here. Right. And doing what I love to do. That's right. And doing it at the top of my game. And me not getting called. I, mean, I almost got killed out there one night trying to buy some crack from this brother in Rialto. And <laughs> he went in his pocket to get the dope. I thought he was going for a pistol. I played like I had a pistol. <laughs> this motherfucker pulled one out for real. I'm like, damn. You had to be Yeah. Out. And he was like, motherfucker, what you doing? I said, like, oh, man, I just nervous. Man, get your <laughs> punk ass out of here. So I ended up going home without the dope. It was a terrible night. That was a horrible night. Uh, it was a horrible night all the way around. It didn't work out for nobody. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, so that's my, my, the great gift is, though, that we learn down the road right. that everything really is about family and God. That's real. So once you get family and God down, everything else really takes care of itself. So the gifts of sobriety have this awesome queen, the woman I've been looking for my entire life, brother. Mm. Any place I've ever looked for a woman, I was looking for her. I was looking for her before I came to this planet. Mm. Oh, she a bad motherfucker. She, okay, now. She can't walk in water, but she damn near can't. She a bad motherfucker. By, by, by her, you mean sobriety. No, I mean my woman. Your wife. My queen. Man. Okay, got you. My, my 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 goddess, man, Kelly. She is she's amazing. But beyond being fine as frog's hair. You ever see frog hair? You I can't see it. I'm saying, it's I mean, too much. You must use a microscope. It, it, it lay down easy. Oh yeah, it, it lay, lay down, down real easy. easy. It lay down easy. <laughs> and she's just but she's just amazing and spiritual. In fact I'm sending her to Egypt. She's going to Egypt for two weeks with twenty one other sisters for the sacred secrets sacred sisters retreat mm. where they're gonna meditate, they're gonna get in the, the waters at the West Bank, they're gonna go to all the pyramids and right Giza and Kim you know, but she's just so awesome. That's a gift of sobriety. Right I on. couldn't get her if I was still out there getting high. That's you know real. what I'm saying? Because also it just happens that she's sober too and oh. she's done her dances right. with substances and now she's sober. I met her at the coldest church in the world, Agape. You know, but the also coldest church in the world. Now that's something I want to talk about because we're talking yeah. about churches and you talk mm-hmm. and we both have have a very close connection with God. Yes. Probably 
more so because of what we have seen him do in our lives. Right. And that's something that can't no preacher show us, no rabbi. Right. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody like, like you got to see that for yourself. And I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. You see, that's the thing. Now, that's the difference because you said the coldest church in the world. Yeah. So now... When you go to church, what is it that you actually look? Is it just that you just going to see a good show, or like? Well, what our, is our it? church is really not. Our church is called the International Center of Faith. Okay. So anybody who could come, as long as you believe in that higher spirit, that thing that's greater than you, some that's greater than everything you. from nothing. See, I think religion is what people believe that uh, that you, that there is a hell. Spiritual people. No, we already been there. So I'm not in no space where I'm worried about going somewhere. I'm I'm yeah. in it already. Wherever I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be. God is already with me and knows me, and He ain't judging me. He ain't sent somewhere, you know, taking notes. Say, okay, he fucked up, smoked that right today. Oh, he just <laughs> fucked a hole. Let me put that. There. You know, always oh, he did something nice. He helped a lady. I'm gonna take off two points. He ain't sitting around doing nothing like that. I mean, at least how I, I, agree. I how agree. I worship. I don't think that. People who be talking, well, I gotta ask God for forgiveness. I don't think God ever been mad at you. He ain't mm. never been pissed. Why he pissed off at you? How could he be pissed off with you when he already know everything you gonna do? That's you real. think you can surprise him? He didn't see that shit coming. <laughs> Fuck out of here. He's, how you gonna surprise him? You can't surprise him. Hell you know no. what I'm saying? And when they say stuff like hellfire and brimstone, you gonna burn? Man, look, I got a, a son. He fought it. He ain't shit. Uh, but I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't want him to burn his finger, brother. Let alone his whole hand for five minutes. Let alone for eternity. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have the capacity to love that God does. That's so right. I so certain things. So so I sent a uh, Reverend uh, Michael Beckwith. Mm-hmm. He talks about spiritual truth and light and how we live and how we love and lift each other up. And right. you, I mean, you walk out feeling uh, that you are where you're supposed to be, man. Everything is in divine order, man. If if things are supposed to be different, they'd be different. That's real. You now, know. Now let me ask you this: uh-huh. Do you think you could get that same feeling? If you just stay home and meditate it to yourself. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Because this thing that we want to call God, or you want to call it whatever you want, God don't care what you call him because he comes in so many different forms, right. resides in the center of your heart. Yeah. So the closer you can get to God, the closer you get to your heart. Mm. And that that's an inside job. That's real. You ain't got to be nobody. That way, I got to tell you this joke. So, okay. so this guy... Um, he dies and goes wherever you go in the end. And so the guy's taking him around. He said, look, sh- over there, them the Christians. Uh-huh. Sh- sh- now, over them, 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 them the Buddhists. Sh- sh- over there, them the Hindus. He said, why you keep whispering? He said, because they all think they're the only ones here. <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> so, so, so yeah. Man, hey, see, you, you kind of go into these, like, in com- these conversational bits. Right. You know what I'm saying? Is that like you just kind of working on your craft, testing that material? You're like, is the world your stage? It is. At every place I am is my stage. And, and I'm always learning stuff, and I'm learning mostly, every time I'm learning stuff about you, I'm learning about me. That's real. So it's, it's getting me closer and closer to my joy. But yeah, meditation, prayer meditation can take you wherever you want to go. It can, it can get you out of any trouble. Prayer has saved my life. More times, Van Camps has pork and beans, and <laughs> it don't matter. And it don't matter what the situation is. Prayer makes it better. Man, I've you seen know. you. I believe you perform at the Comedy Store, if I ain't mistaken. I do the store, and I do improv. And it could have been one. It was one of the. Right. It was one of the local uh, comedy clubs. That's mm-hmm. something me and my old lady do. We just mm-hmm. pop up in comedy clubs. Y'all just came check to out. see me in Atlanta at Uptown, yep. at, uh, Uptown at her, for her birthday. Yep. Wait, do you remember this? It was a damn roach on the wall. It was big as your thumb, and he was. Walking down the wall near y'all table, and 
I think you looked at it and said, oh, is he with you? It was like, it was like crazy where you came from with this shit. It was like, oh, is he with you? I was like, get the fuck out of here. Man, but what I was going to say is you have one of, like some of the the the, the strongest stage presence, like you oh. can command the attention of 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 the sta- the entire audience from the stage, and direct them to mm-hmm. look this way or to, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like I think it was one bit that you had where you'll say something two or three times, and then like the third time mm-hmm. you had him say it for you, right? And right. you didn't say you didn't tell them to say it, right? You just kind of. Motion and that's a good observation. Like, how, like, like, where does that ability come from? I think from the beach. You know, I did Venice Beach for nine years. You were the king. They, they, yeah. they, they dubbed you the king of Venice. Oh yeah, they beach. put my feet and hands out there in that's concrete to commemorate it. But for and nine years, Venice Beach years. came up. You'd have bought you just a little bit of piece of patch of grass, right? Man, there. I'd have right been now, on, yes, it'd have been on it'd be popping, a little, brother. It'd be a little bit of ass hotel on that. I was too busy <laughs> smoking the grass to <laughs> buy it. Narrow. You know, <laughs> but no, I, I was there for nine years. I did five one-hour shows every Saturday and Sunday without fail. Mm. You know, so so being surrounded by seven, eight hundred people at a time, mm-hmm. they was always trying to pick at me while I'm working. But you look, no, so you say outside on the corner. Yeah, I stood right on the boardwalk. Oh. And was surrounded by five to seven hundred people each show. Is that what you was discovered to do Def Comedy Jam? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, Bernie Mac got me Def uh, Comedy gotcha. Jam. Bernie Mac had already known me from doing comedy, and I had just started doing Venice Beach. Okay. And I hadn't even heard of Def Jam. He got me on and insisted they put me on. Right. You know, and that was cool because they liked it so much I did six seasons, you right. know. Man. So that was off the chain. But Venice, there's no education like standing in with everybody white, black, young, old, gay, straight, right. people who don't speak English, people who don't speak at all. Right. And they stay in that hot sun for 40 minutes, and then I spend 20 minutes getting my money. You did, and you I did that shit for nine years. So I'm going back out and shooting it uh-huh. this May, and we're building a stage that looks like a king's crown. I stand in the middle of it. Uh-huh. It's called the King of Venice Beach. But that's why I learned the spontaneity. I don't care what you talk about it, I can go with you. I don't right. care what the topic is, what we're talking about, I can do. And so that's what the audience, I know how to move the audience, how to watch the audience. I'm never on the stage, and there's anybody I can't see in the room, anywhere in the room. I see what's going on, who right. moves. Moving, and so I incorporate that mm-hmm. into the show. Hey, say, man, do you have a business that you need to hire for? And a lot of motherfuckers out there looking for job right now. So you need to listen up, man, because hiring could be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash TI. Now, ZipRecruiter sends your job over to 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they won't stop there. With their powerful matching Technology Zip Recruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. You can even add screening questions to your job listing so you can filter candidates and focus on the best ones. Zip Recruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on Zip Recruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Right now, to try Zip Recruiter for free, all of my listeners can go to ziprecruiter.com slash TI. That's right, ziprecruiter.com slash TI. Zip Recruiter. Com slash ti z i p r e c r u i t e r dot com slash ti zip recruiter the smartest way to hire. Now, so so I know that there's been talks, uh, much like music or, or, or hip hop is concerned. There's been a lot of controversy and talks about the validity of a comedian if he doesn't write his own jokes. The same way motherfuckers talk about rappers and if he can mm-hmm. really be king if he doesn't write his own shit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Do how do you feel about that? Do you write all your own? I, material? I love old jokes. Let me tell you something. I don't think an old <laughs> joke should die just because the motherfucker that wrote it did. <laughs> He can't use it no more. Red Fox. Red Fox is one of the greatest comedians in the world. He did 75 comedy hours. Nigga, Red is dead. He can't use them jokes no more. We supposed to throw away 75 albums of great comedy? Fuck no. I tell them to you. You tell them at work. You're a hero. And you pay no royalty. So, no, my show is always peppered with jokes. Mm -hmm. You know, like like people are bringing me jokes all the time. So I blend them in. But my stories, I always do stories. Mm -hmm. So I talk about the addiction and weave it in so it's a comedy piece. Or or I talk about, uh, you know, the things that actually happened in my life. Mm-hmm. I always talk about that. That's some shit you got to write. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, don't, the shit that, like, the other night I, I discovered some shit. Like, I just dis- dis- discover some new shit every day. Okay. The other day I realized you shouldn't clean your glasses with your drawers. Okay. So, <laughs> tell you how I discovered this. I was in, I was, I was doing the improv, uh, uh-huh. in, in Florida, somewhere, in Tampa. Right. And I got back to my room, you know, at the end of the night, you know, you worked all night, you signed autographs, sold a bunch of shit, cause I sell everything in my show. Right. I sell books, CD, DVD, fish sandwiches, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so, I get back to the room, right? So I'm laying there butt naked trying to watch TV, so I get that menu, they got that menu in the room where you can order shit and they bring it. They yeah. deliver it. But I couldn't read the shit, cause yeah. I can't see shit without, I got glasses in every room in my house, in the toilet, the kitchen, yeah. refrigerator, everywhere, I got glasses. You ever thought about LASIK? Nah, I ain't, they ain't fuck with my eye like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I find my glasses in that little smudge, you know? Uh, uh-huh. So I'm looking for something to wipe them off with. The only thing I had was my drawers was laid right there on the bed, so I wiped them off with my drawers. They were nice and clean, too. So I started reading the menu, and I just kept on smelling ass. And I'm like, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think this is a good move, you know? I don't think so. Nah. Stuff like that, and then it's just written. It's, right, it's written. It's done. Yeah. I walk on stage the next day, I talk about that shit, and it's funny shit. But then I always connect little jokes, you know? Like throw jokes out that people can go back and tell because that's easy and no one do jokes anymore. That's they don't real. because folks say, yeah, you just got to do routines to be authentic. All I have to do is be funny yeah. to be authentic, you know, and I come out and I bring me and I can look at the audience and fuck with people and say funny shit, you right. know. Well, you, man, listen, you have also, like, lived within, like, I think maybe four or five great ages of comedy, I'm an old motherfucker. I see what you're saying. I think I see where we're going with this. Uh, yes. You know what I'm saying? But like, what era do you think was, you know what I'm saying, the, I don't want to say best, but the most impactful era? Do you think, like, of course, because there was fucking Dick Gregory, Red Fox, mm-hmm. before there was, uh, right. um, uh, before there was Richard Pryor and Bill Cosby. Right, and right. And then there was Eddie and, and Bernie Mac and, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, so like, what era do you think? I, you know, I know comedy history. And now you black, know, you know, now you even had like Dave Chappelle, which Dave's is. Dave's so fucking brilliant. Yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's so fucking brilliant. He's a philosopher, a comedian, you know, he's Such really. Such a beast. And you know, a boy he, that he mentioned, uh, Tony Woods. Do you know Tony Woods? Mm-mm. So he mentioned Tony Woods when he got his award at uh, Mark Twain. Mark Twain, yeah. And he, yeah. Who, who he looks at. So right. that's who I just spent Saturday performing with in New York is Tony Woods. Tony Woods. You go crazy watching him. He That's the shit I, he I does. I need to check him out. Oh, he's so fucking amazing. And he, he'll come out and do the whole show without doing the show. He said this weekend, he said, well, you know, I'm doing a new kind of comedy. Y'all might have noticed because regular comedy shows, there's a lot of uh, laughing. Right. Uh, <laughs> we ain't doing that shit tonight. We do a different shit. I mean, he's just so smart. But David is sharp. 
I think uh, uh, very impactful for me was the early Def Jam era. Mm. That was real impactful. Martin. I came up with a lot of comics. So when I came in, we started the Comedy Act Theater. Okay. I was there day one with them. So Comedy Act Theater, what Robin Harris was. He oh, was man. the MC of that. Dope. And all of us started at the same time. Uh, Robert Townsend was part of that. Uh, the Wayans brothers. And so that was like a real impactful era because all of a sudden, America was open to black comedians. Right. Before that, you had one guy over here and one guy over there. And if he was a big black comic, he worked. But it wasn't 10 black comics nowhere. So... That era brought on Def Jam. Def Jam let any anybody who felt like they had the courage to do comedy do it. Unfortunately, a lot of comics start thinking that cussing is comedy. Cussing ain't comedy. Now, if the if the joke is motherfucker, then you ain't got no joke. <laughs> you know, you have, that can be the emphasis on it, but it can't be the joke itself. You know, so we, for for a while we had a flood about. 30, 40, just hot comics. And at that era, you had guys who had class. Like, Bernie had class. That's right. So Bernie would bring people along. Right. We don't have comics who really bring you anymore. You have comics who get their piece, and they make sure ain't too many other niggas nearby. But when <laughs> Bernie was coming, Bernie's like, he pick up the phone. He, he roll with you. He bring people and try to help you go along because it's really enough. Mm. It's really enough for everybody. That's it's real. plenty of shit. You know? Because yeah. your intellectual property is you. You know what I mean? Exactly. What you took from your life experiences and how you can convey that yeah, message and make people that. laugh and you can't know? nobody do your story ain't nobody like else going to smoke and crack you know well you know a few I mean, might a few, a few might. might but they ain't going to do it as a joke they ain't going to talk about a minute you know I found myself in hotel rooms smoking with motherfuckers I generally wouldn't talk to on the street you know <laughs> <laughs> so you know so I know what it could be like and I'm I'm really honored and and pleased that God allowed me to do that dance yeah. because everything that happened to us brings us where we are now. Whatever don't kill you will build you. Yeah, I don't I don't curse anything. I bless all of it. Plus everything that happened ten minutes ago is already over. So now I'm on to the new adventure. Yeah. You know, my new adventure's a motherfucker, man. I'm writing books. <laughs> I'm doing plays. I'm, man, I'm having the time of my you life. Keep man. It, you keep it moving, man. You I'm keep, keep doing you shit. You keep now. the hustle moving, man. Yeah. And that's something I can appreciate because I find mm-hmm. myself, you know, having to reinvent and recreate. Mm-hmm. opportunities for mm-hmm. me and the people around me. Uh, and for you, man, it's been, what, 30 years? Uh, 33. 33, 33 years. years. Man, I did you this did. when you was three. Yeah, well, six. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're mad bad or you yeah, just thought I was a little younger I just threw than some I. shit out there. I ain't got a clue. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so listen, what about the new age of comedians? Now we have uh, social media, Instagram, other means mm-hmm. besides actually Some of the social media guys are actually stage. funny. And some of them just understand the craft of how to use social media. I wish mm. I knew better. Mm. I'm trying to learn that. You know, right. I mean, I don't really, I'm technically retarded. I'm thinking about renting a teenager because they, <laughs> they know all that shit. Man, they I got take, a few of them, man. What's, man. Your, what's your budget, man? Man, it's a short budget, but let's talk about it. Uh, <laughs> because they take a phone and, and become Picasso, man. They are artists with the shit. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to figure out the social media thing. That's real. My friend Michael Blackson, he learned that shit. Man, Michael Blackson, one of the funniest guys. And DC Young Fly is awesome. DC Young Fly is so funny. I'm going to say this going to make all them mad, but I think that if you look at Chris Tucker close enough, you'll see Michael Callier. If you look at DC Young Fly, 
you'll see Chris Tucker. Mm. And what was deep to me is that all three of us did a stage here about three months ago. For real? Yeah, yeah. And it was off the chain. And DC, I love watching him tell his story. He puts his whole physical body in it. That's right. His whole energy is in it, you know. So, no, he's great. That guy with him, Carlos Miller. Yeah, Carlos Miller, dope as hell. So it's a lot of cats that's coming who are are hot. And funny, I just think it's room for everybody. Everybody should help everybody, encourage everybody. I can't do all the work. So I try to, you know, get stuff I ain't doing other people but the same token I'm constantly creating we have to keep creating that's why I just wrote a new book and the new book Michael goes motivational when you hear about that bad I'll be selling it out the back of my car and every place else you are happy with your smile man I mean are you tired of feeling self-conscious in photo or why not make this the year for you to strain your teeth and you could use candy candy delivers clear liners directly to you and strains your teeth for thousands less than braces unlike braces candy clear liners are comfortable removable and totally invisible so you can transform your smile without anyone ever noticing a thing plus you never have to sit foot in the doctor's office or a waiting room your treatment is prescribed and monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist unlike other companies candy don't works with orthodontists never general dentists with other remote clear liner options you may never hear from a doctor at all as you go through your treatment that means your treatment will be designed by an expert in tooth movement you know what i mean are you looking to head to wedding season or a special event? No, you'll be taking pictures, I'm sure. With Candid, the average treatment length is just six months, and you'll start seeing results way before then. I mean, well, you know, I guess none of us are going to be moving as much as we used to, so you might well take that time to get yourself together trying to get your teeth straight, man. So you ready to take the first step towards straighter teeth? For a limited time, you can get started with $75 off by using code TI at CandidCO.com slash TI. That's CandidCO.com. Slash TI. Use code TI for $75 off. It's candidco.com slash TI. Code TI. And also, man, one of my favorites in the game, man, uh, Mike Epps. Oh, I love Mike Epps. Mike Epps, Mike Epps is, is so funny. Yeah, Mike He told Epps. me I can come on stage and fuck with him if I'm in the room. <laughs> so I'm waiting for him to be in the same city with me and be performing. I'm just going to walk out on stage. Cat Williams. And fuck with him. Cat Williams is a genius, though. Cat Williams is really, really, really a genius at this shit. That's real. For real. I mean, the, some of the stuff he says, it just blows my mind. But there's a really some sharp... There's a guy named uh, Tony Roberts. Tony Woo! Roberts. Tony Roberts is a beast. I heard of Tony Roberts. Tony Roberts. I've seen him on uh, Comic View. Yeah, he's yeah, very, yeah, very, yeah. very strong, too. It's some really strong... Tony Roberts, he got the thing with his face. He can, like... He can make his face do a lot of Oh, I don't shit. know. I know he do this thing about shitting. And uh, <laughs> he had to put one foot up against the door to make sure don't nobody walk in on you. It gets so good, you take your pants off so you can really stretch out. And do, I mean, he's just, he's just stupid funny, you know. Uh, what about Chris Rock? Chris Rock is very funny. He's funny. And see, you now, know, I'm just giving I you. I think he's a particular taste, though. But he's funny. He dangerous funny. Yeah. Yeah. He says brilliant things. Like he said to me, one of the smartest lines ever. He said, he didn't say it to me, but he said to the audience, he said that we were born, black people, we were born suspects. Mm. That's some of the sharpest, smartest, funniest shit ever in a single line. We're born suspects. And it's so, it's so true. You know, I'm watching these white guys now with these fucking cameras. I'm scared of motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what the fuck going to happen. But hey. I, I know you got security. I saw the big dude come in. I said, hey. Well, I walked up to your big dude. I said, you don't want to carry the pistol, right? Said, yeah, <laughs> I carry the pistol. I said, okay, we're going to be all right. Yeah. Hey, so what So what about, like, okay, because you mentioned, because black comedy is different from white comedy. It is uh, Because black people are born with comedy in our veins. We got to laugh to keep from crying, take our mind off of poverty 
and hunger. And, and we got shit we've been through. Exactly. So we got more shit to laugh about. Exactly. You know? And I mean, I know everybody has a struggle. Everybody has a journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, who you think is the funniest white comedian that you've heard? Wow. Motherfucker did. Because um, Robin Williams, to me, yeah. was an absolute genius. Although I think Steve Martin is absolutely brilliant, too. I wish he would do more comedy. Now he's playing banjo and shit. And he's playing the banjo. Yeah, he's playing bluegrass all over the place. But he's he's really, really, really brilliant. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. Who, now, listen, like, there's, there's a gentleman that I have, uh, that, I've, that I've, I've, I started... Just now, kind of, you know what I'm saying, looking into... Was it George Carlin? It is George Carlin. Oh, no, George Carlin was the shit. I have a piece of tape on him somewhere that I have to find because I was trying to put together an AIDS tape Mm -hmm. in 86. People were dying everywhere of AIDS, and they was calling it the gay white man's disease. They didn't realize they don't discriminate, and everybody get fucked up. And so I was going around all these celebrities shooting video of them. I shot the woman who played Maude. What was her name? Um... The, the white actress and she was um, mm. she was just amazing and I went to his home and shot him and he did this poem and he, he was talking about um, he was talking about people don't like to wear condoms because they feel like it's not cool mm. he said you know it's really not cool dying <laughs> dying ain't cool so be 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 alive don't, don't be cool you know it, it was just so smooth how he took the words and twisted the words no he's a genius yeah. and all the stuff he was talking about then is happening right go, now goes on right now absolutely with, with your guy um, no no, no you know <laughs> I heard you I guess that. I'm a I'm an ex-con he's a present con oh, I guess, yeah. you know conv- I guess the only thing that associates us is criminality who are we talking about uh, the, you know, the guy you voted in the White House. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, we got your ballot, Mr. Carr. You we seen. Man, I go. No, I, they put me off six times off FaceTime for fucking with him. Cause you I put Facebook? on I, on Facebook. I put on a blonde wig. And I said, I'm Donald Trump, bitch. And I do this whole piece coming. Whatever crazy shit he said that week, right. I'll be repeating that shit like it's okay to say it. They took me off. They said, well, you can't play the president like that. They took me out for a day. They brought me back. I did it again. Took me out for three days. I did it again. Took me out for three weeks. I did it again. Took me out for six months. Then I stopped. Because I really sort of want to use FaceTime. You know, so. Um, Facebook. No, Facebook. Facebook. Oh, Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. See, I told you. It's okay, man. I got to get a teenager. I got to get a teenager in here, man. You yeah, somebody, somebody help me with this shit, man. You know it might be a little more expensive than you're thinking, but I mean, I got some teenagers. Yes. I got three, four teenagers you can Damn. Eat, I hope they take EBT. So... <laughs> I don't know. Is there there any topic when you're joking, right? Mm -hmm. You're coming up with jokes. Is there any topic for you that is off limits, that you feel is too dangerous and too... uh, Uh, No, I don't think there should be. uh, I don't think think it really should be. Uh, I I I wouldn't joke about rape. Mm. You know, I just wouldn't. I think that's too painful and hurtful for women. Right. So I think you would be... Yeah. And, and me, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but and, and it's a, it would be a, it's, it would be more. Rape painful. knows no gender. Yeah, it would be that's true, and it would be painful, more painful than the comic payoff. Mm. Some people say, "Well, I say anything." I won't just say anything because I don't want to. I don't want to fuck the audience up. I want to make them laugh, but I don't want to make them low. So, like I won't make fun of a person and hurt his feelings. Mm. Like I won't do that. Right. I'll make fun of you where you'll laugh at you too. 
Right. But I won't make fun of you where you feel like I made you feel like an asshole in front of two or three hundred people. Right. I'm not going to do that because I want your money next month. You know? <laughs> you know? If you are starting your own business, it's what you need to know. Don't let the worry of legal setup fees and contracts stress you out, man. You can start your business right now at LegalZoom.com. Use code TI. It's ridiculously easy. Over the past 19 years, LegalZoom has helped more than two million Americans start their businesses by incorporating former LLCs and more. But even after your business is set up, LegalZoom can still help you out with a lot more, okay? Things like lease agreements, changing tax law, and reviewing contract all play a part in running your own business. KC out in L.A., he's a producer for Expeditionally. He's been using LegalZoom for his personal needs for years. Now, when he wanted to set up his business, he didn't have big money. And, you know, for attorneys who ride the clock on you, you know what I'm saying, run their tab up high as they can. You, you know attorneys like that, Mac? I sure do. Yeah, well, you know. Now you don't have to worry about that no more because LegalZoom going to help you. You dig what I'm saying? LegalZoom's network of independent attorneys and tax professionals can provide advice to address these things and more. You'll never get charged by the hour since LegalZoom isn't a law firm. All right, so what you need to do is go to LegalZoom.com today and enter promo code TIP. Put that in the box at checkout for your special savings. That's LegalZoom.com and use code TIP. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. You know who, who I feel like was one of the greatest at taboo topics and making bad jokes Rickle. sound good? I was going to say uh, Patrice O'Neal. Oh, Patrice O'Neal. He was the, the best. Man. That ever lived. Patrice <laughs> he was the absolute fucking best, man. Yeah. Yeah, I love Patrice O'Neill, man. His delivery, his style, so relaxing. Yep. Yeah, man. He could talk about pussy, and you just like, damn, I thought we were talking about something in the encyclopedia. He just, it, he makes pussy conversation, you know? When it's I, brilliant. When I saw, uh, I guess, one of his most watched specials, and he actually joked about the thing that killed him. Which was I think high blood pressure, oh, cholesterol, wow. like he had wow. like and he and he said that during this special he was like, Yo, you know what I'm saying, I ain't got long, so I'ma live to the fullest. Uh wow. I think that's every comedian's like that's their their aim. They hope to make people or make even themselves at times laugh at pain so much to the pain don't hurt no more. Yeah, I think you wanna peel your skin away. Yeah. And give it to them raw on right, stage. Right. Let them know where you're really, really coming from. The Few people can do it and pull it off. Yeah. When you can do that and pull it off, it is a level of genius that's respected by other artists, even artists who aren't comics. Just, you know, because mastery is what it's all about at the end of the day. Self-mastery. You know, mastering your, your, your spiritual life, your physical life, uh, the production you do, your love life. To master it all is what it's about. And sure. masters recognize masters. Yeah. You know, that's why... I like you when I first oh, saw man, you because you know, man, I said that's my fucking mouth, uh, <laughs> and that was just when I only knew musically. And then the first time I heard you have a conversation, I was like, man, this nigga had a book or something. <laughs> you're so you're just so sharp and and responsible. I pre- well, I don't know about that point. You're well, giving a little too much credit now. Speak responsible. Okay, I don't know well, what the fuck you're doing when you leave here. Even but though, um, you know, we, we use that word very loosely. Very right? loosely. So, yeah, now, yeah. has Michael Collier ever told a bad joke? Not that I know of. I've never had a bad set. Only time I've ever performed and nobody laughed was uh-huh. um, we went to war with the Middle East. Uh-huh. And on that day, I had a gig at the Naval Base. Mm. And I performed for six minutes and ain't nobody laughed at shit. What? And finally, Joan Rivers came over and she said, 
you are very brave to even try to do comedy here mm. on this day because everybody's about to ship out. Yeah. And nobody left. But other than that, no, no, no. I don't fail at this shit. <laughs> I'm, no. No. Okay. I'm, I'm good at this. Here's another question. Here's another question. Okay. That is, that you may have a better, a more creative answer. Okay. Which set is better? The set when you were high or the set now that you're so Never did a set when I was high. You never did a set when you was high? No. You, I mean, you were actively high during the times I was being high. No, no, no. Like, the high. On stage. Never been high on stage. Uh, Not once. Nah, nah, nah. I, I respect what I do. That's real. I really respect this craft. I respect my audience. You know? So that I, kind of discipline for that. an addict is it's, it's, real it's, it's far and few between. It's real discipline. But you know, it's someone like on stage. <laughs> I had some place to go. Come on, hold me up. I got some place to go. Uh, but no, no, never, 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 never on stage. You know, I never really wanted to be found out. That's real. I didn't get found out till I came out and That's talked right. about it. Gotcha. You know, and I realized that I needed to talk about it because it's healing. Right. There's so many people who really want to stop. Right. And they say to me, how'd you do it? I mean, I did crack 23 years. Mm. And, you know, people that have been doing it 23 months think they can never stop. And this bullshit, you can. It ain't easy. That's right. But you can. You know, as long as you keep God first, man, as long as you decide that you value your life more than that dying shit. That yeah. dying shit ain't nothing. I don't know what's going to happen when we die, but I dig being here. You That's know, right. I dig the living shit. That shit to do, man. It's fun. You got the inhale and the exhale. I like that food good. and all kind of shit. It's yeah, good. You know Fucking, yeah, I want to be here. made anything better than pussy, he kept it for himself. Man, yes, he did. It's in a, a steel box in heaven, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he did with that one. Yeah. I mean, man, well, I appreciate you and thank you for sharing your, man, your, your vision, you. your talents. Uh, and using your stories and experiences to help others and have them to know that they're not the only ones that's going through the shit. And that's there is And uh, there is another side to this shit. That's important. And you're an example. And me healing other people is healing me. That's real. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm constantly healing more and more as I see the addicts, which what addicts are supposed to do. Now, me, I'm not I'm not anonymous. Okay, so I go, <laughs> I, I go to Cocaine Anonymous, and they don't always like me at the meeting because I'm not anonymous. Right. I talk about it. Everywhere. And That's people right. say, well, why are you telling me? I said, motherfucker, I'm telling everybody. That's so right. because I want my story to be so clear that you ain't going to never see me nowhere high. If mm. you see me somewhere high, you can come and slap the fuck out of me. Everybody <laughs> on the planet know that. If you see me with a joint or take a sip, just come up and slap the shit out of me because I don't do that. And I put it out there clearly. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think I think it's healing. I think a lot of people are learning from it and, and you know, getting back to themselves because it's more fun, man. You, when you can taste the food. Food tastes good, Nick. <laughs> man, hey, listen, thank you so much for joining us here. All right, let me tell folks where to find me, man. Well, yeah, uh, absolutely. Before you, well, before okay. we do that, before we do that, we have a tradition here expeditiously. Okay. And it is, um, it is the word of the week. The word of the week. Yes, the word of the week. And the word of the week is usually uh, a word that... Probably it goes with the person I'm talking to or the conversation. And another thing that I we haven't spoken on much, but another thing I noticed about you is you have your own flair when it comes to style, fashion, how you dress, how you present yourself. Um, so because of that, mm-hmm. I thought that this word... Uh, the word for this week should be haberdasher. That's my word. I knew you were going to say that. You knew I was going to say it. I knew you were going to say it. Because I, you know I am haberdasher, brother. <laughs> I'm, I'm a connoisseur of fine haberdashery. That's my shit. Okay, listen. Yeah, haberdasher is my thing, brother. I love clothes, man. Okay, well, That's listen. my new drug, actually. 
Um, once I stopped doing crack, I stopped buying shit that's crazy. I yeah. shot my ass off. You saw these shoes? That's real. Yeah. <laughs> motherfuckers look like you made them just for you. Yes, sir. Ain't, ain't but one pair on the planet, bro. You dig what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You see somebody else in this shit, they stole some shit. <laughs> you better tackle them motherfuckers. They're doing some illegal shit. Hey, man. So, haberdashery is defined as men's clothing and mm-hmm. accessories. Mm-hmm. Now, I like to use it in a sentence now so people who listen can go off and share it at the water cooler at work like they've known the word their whole life Mm -hmm. something that me and Michael Collier have in common is that we both are connoisseurs of fine haberdashery that's right that's the way to use it man right (laughs) that's exactly right well listen man so now tell people where they can find you and tell them everything that you want them to know okay uh, first of all I'm easy to find I'm on everything I'm on Facebook as Michael Collier I'm on Instagram as Michael underscore Collier that's C-O-L Y-A-R I have a sexy web page called TheRealMichaelCollier.com which actually tells everything I'm doing the show Michael Collier's Mama if you go in there and hit the tab called Mama it'll open up it'll tell you about the story it'll show you six minutes of the play it's a calendar that shows you where I'm going around the country mm. uh, I'm gonna email you can email me at comic king one two three because I don't even know how to have a show called the kings of comedy without the king uh, so uh, comic king one two three at aol.com shit I'm in the yellow pages and they don't even sell you <laughs> if you don't find me you ain't looking for me god damn it I'm your boy your servant your brother Michael Kyle you're honored to be here please look for my play uh, and I'm, I'm trying to do Another movie version of House Party. That's dope. So I'm doing what's called Showboat's House Party. Right. It's going to be Showboat 25 years later at this eight-story mansion in yeah. Beverly Hills. It's some cold shit, man. Well, man, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. And even more so, I'm just looking forward to you continuing to do your thing, man. Thank, Thank you. you for entertaining us God bless you. for Thank decades you for on end. Thank you, bro. My pleasure. And I'm just starting. You wait till you see what happens. Wait till you see what happens this year. <laughs> that is Woo! Michael Collier. And Thank this you. has been Expeditiously. Expeditiously. Thank you, bro. <laughs> Hey, listen, man, I got some exciting news. My show, Expeditiously, will now be available on Spotify. And it's free. If you already listen to music on Spotify, now you can listen to the podcast in the same place. Thanks for listening to Expeditiously with me, T.I.P. Don't forget to subscribe at Apple Podcasts and Podcast One and rate and review, please. Expeditiously is produced, engineered, and edited by K.C. Morris. 